Welcome to the Voices in Health Equity podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Shadid. This is Andrew Shadid, and I'm here with Dr. Bruce Roll from Mondial Christian Health Center in our next episode of the Voices in Health Equity podcast. Dr. Roll, great to have you on the call today. Great to be here with you today, Andrew. Thanks so much for, for making time. Uh, for everyone listening, Dr. Roll is currently the Chief Clinical Officer for Quality at the Lawndale Christian Health Center, an FQHC in Chicago, one of the largest and most innovative FQHCs here in our beloved city. Uh, he went to medical school at the University of Chicago, did a residency in uh, pediatrics at Children's Memorial Hospital, and has been with Lawndale since 1995. Uh, we're privileged to have him today, not only because of his significant medical knowledge, but also his knowledge of working with an underserved population in the FQHC world uh, for many, many years now. And uh, excited to learn more about your journey, Dr. Rowell, and also uh, the journey of Lawndale. Why don't you uh, share with us a little bit about, you know, what is Lawndale? What are you guys focused on? Uh, and maybe later, how did you get into this work there? Okay, I'd be happy to do that. Mondale Christian Health Center is a federally qualified health center uh, focused on the west side of Chicago, predominantly the north and south Lawndale neighborhoods. We also have clinics uh, up in the East Garfield neighborhood and down in Archer Heights, so a, a broad swath across the west side of Chicago. We uh, are a multi-specialty uh, primary care practice, and we also work in our local hospitals, Mount Sinai Hospital and St. Anthony Hospital, where we provide inpatient care. Um, over the, probably about five years ago, we really started also getting into care uh, for persons experiencing homelessness. And uh, in the pandemic, actually, that uh, spread even further. And we care for uh, persons experiencing homelessness uh, across Chicago's west side. Um, mm. We serve um, about 60,000 individuals uh, a year. And we, we like to talk about um, both going uh, deep in medical care and, and going broad. Um, so um, certainly across all the primary care specialties, but also uh, caring for um, the, the community and what that means um, in a broader sense. Um, we are a faith-based community health center. We were actually started uh, in 1984 by Lawndale Christian Community Church. And this is part of the story that's uh, really inspirational and, and drew this uh, drew me to, to Lawndale Christian Health Center is that uh, Lawndale Christian Community Church was formed in 1978, I believe, uh, by some youth from the neighborhood who were really trying to, to live out their faith. And um, uh, Christ calls us um, to love God and, and love people. Um, and, and so they heard, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And they thought, well, what does that mean? How do we love our, our neighborhood? Shouldn't the church that is called to love its neighbors, love its neighborhood. And so um, they were the ones that initially had the vision for uh, a development corporation for affordable housing, affordable legal services, and uh, affordable health care. And so the clinic was really started out of that uh, vision in, in 1984 to meet the needs of the community. So our mission is to show and share the love of Christ by providing quality, uh, affordable health care to, to Lawndale and the surrounding communities. 
That's remarkable. And one thing I've always been impressed by Lawndale with is uh, your focus certainly on healthcare, but how you continue to reach out. Uh, you mentioned kind of deep and wide, and you continue to reach out, not just to greater geographies, but other needs that, that our patients have, whether it's legal needs, as you had mentioned, or nutritional needs, or uh, you know the needs of seniors. And the mission of Lawndale has continued to expand, I think, because you all have done such a great job of, of seeing that uh, yeah, we need more than a, you know, a vaccine here and there, right? We need community, we need legal help at times, we need, you know, help with our kids, right. Right. Uh, and so on. And it's really been an inspirational um, piece. So I'm assuming you're, you know, doing your training in Chicago, and then the 1992, I guess, is, is when you had finished medical school, and then kind of go into mm -hmm. residency. At some point, what's happening at Lawndale uh, catches your you know, catches your vision. Tell us a little bit about the story of how you got involved personally in this type of work. Yeah, Andrew, that's a great question. And it was fun for me uh, in preparation for this podcast to, to think back on that because uh, the vision and I mean, really my eyes beginning to, to open started in medical school when I was uh, uh, taking a healthcare to the poor classes, uh, a medical student at University of Chicago. And at that point, we toured Cook County Hospital and some other community health centers on the south side. And I really started to note what uh, clearly seemed to me um, some disparities in healthcare, in, in access, um, in attitude of people caring for uh, the underserved. In, in quality of care, you know, just in difference in facilities um, in, and who is caring for patients um, and even somewhat segregation of care um, within the hospital at, at that time. Um, mm. And so it, it was somewhat disturbing and, uh, and, and challenging. And so, um, you know, I really drifted towards people that were uh, thinking about this. And one of the groups that I came across was uh, a nationwide network um, called Christian Community Health Fellowship. And that's a network of, of Christians all around the country trying to live out the gospel through healthcare among the poor. And uh, there were some conferences that, that I would go to um, for CCHF and we would drive overnight and hear some of the pioneers uh, mm. in this Christian Community Health Fellowship movement, including Art Jones, who founded Lawndale Christian Health Center in 1984. And even before that, a guy by the name of John Perkins, um, who mm. is an African-American pastor who started the Voice of Calvary in rural Mississippi, really uh, in response to uh, racial health disparities down there in the 1960s and 1970s. And his work was what uh, really was the seed that started uh, Christian Community Health Fellowship, um, uh, meeting, uh, trying to meet the needs of healthcare in the community. And then, um, you know, as I mentioned, Art Jones founded Lawndale in, in 84 to, uh, to give access to quality medical medical care to to those in the Lawndale community. And really then um, as a fourth year medical student, I was I was drawn to do a, a fourth year rotation at Lawndale. And so I would say those are the two most formational things in my life, going and getting involved with Christian Community Health Fellowship and then doing a rotation as a medical student. Um, and, you know, Lawndale was there, I mean, already doing the work, attempting to address inequities and meet the needs of people in, in their community. Um, but I really, you know, uh, was able to see 
um, the difference of what Lawndale was providing uh, in contrast to, to places, I mean, across the West Side where I mean, patients really had a lack of access. Um, certainly, Medicaid reimbursement rates are, are lower than insurance, and so there's less incentive for, for many practitioners and hospitals to, to take Medicaid patients. Uh, at that time in the early 90s, uh, for the uninsured, it was a really long way to get into clinics at Cook County Hospital. Um, and a lot of people basically had to go to the emergency department to, to access care. Um, there was also a discrepancy at, at quality of uh, quality. And so when I would talk to, to people at Lawndale, like what was it like getting care before Lawndale? Um, they would describe situations of going to a doctor where they wouldn't even get to touch the doctor. The doctor would be like behind a, a barrier and there would either be no exam or, you know, just, you know, kind of observational exam. Um, and then, of course, there were, you know, stories of uh, of docs doing just kind of like Medicaid mill kind of in and out, uh, you know, to make money. Um, you know, mm -hmm. one problem in and out, you know, little care for the person, certainly not holistic care. Um, and uh, so I really was able to see um, some folks at Lawndale really caring for patients and, and loving them, uh, providing really good quality care, trying to provide access. Um, but one of the stories that was most impactful for me was um, one of my coworkers, and her name was uh, Teresa. And uh, she told this story so eloquently um, about a time when she got abdominal pain. And so this was before she was employed by Lawndale when she had no insurance and she had a young family with uh, several young kids. And uh, she had somehow um, previously gotten, you know, uh, through the emergency room, gotten into to care as a patient at Cook County Hospital. Um, but yet she knew that uh, this care didn't always come for free. And, uh, you know, she one night developed a pretty severe abdominal pain. And I think you and I would, would rush to the emergency room, it sounds like, for the severity of, of that pain. But she didn't have money um, and uh, didn't, you know, think that she could afford going to the emergency room. Um, and she had called Cook County Hospital enough at that time to know that if she described her symptoms as being, you know, as severe as they were, they would just say, oh, you know, you, you're too sick to come into the clinic, just go to the emergency room, which mm -hmm. she, knew she couldn't afford, or vice versa, if she didn't describe it as severe enough so that she could actually get a clinic appointment, that it would be like several weeks out. And so, so she was really caught in between. And so as a mom, you know, she was that night wondering if she was going to die and just basically stayed at home because she, you know, couldn't access, you know, care and didn't have the money to, to, to go to the emergency room or didn't feel like uh, she could get into a, a clinic. She didn't have a primary care provider that she could just call up and, you know, talk to at that time. And so Longdale was providing this, this, this access to, to patients. And it was, it was very inspirational to me as, uh, as a student. Wow. Wow. It's a, uh, it's a powerful story. And, you know, to think now that you guys have an urgent care at Longdale that, can care for the needs of those people kind of in between that aren't sure, you know, is this a, am I going to be turned away at the emergency room, but I can't necessarily go to my clinic. Uh, you guys continue to think of, you know, innovative ways to, to handle, you know, many people would say that you keep filling the gap, you know, you keep looking for holes that, 
that exists and say, okay, how can we be there to fill it for this family or this, this group? Just a little bit ago, you had shared with me this quote and you had said, the zip code you are born into is sometimes a bigger determinant of life expectancy than your genetic code. And I think of the story you just shared with Teresa and, you know, many of the other ones you probably experience at Lawndale, would you share maybe an experience you know, with a provider, ways that you hear your providers sharing stories uh, that bring that quote to life. Uh, what are some of the ways that you're seeing the zip codes in which you serve actually having bigger determinants on life expectancy than maybe, you know, an average person might expect? Yeah, Andrew, that's a, a great question. Um, yeah, and back to the, um, you know, the zip code story, I think that there's there's a number of different social determinants of health that are uh, just really stand out um, in our population. And I mentioned, yeah, zip code in that quote that says uh, the zip code you were born in is a bigger predictor of life expectancy than your genetic code. And uh, David Ansel in his book, The, the Death Gap, wrote um, that uh, a 20-minute journey drive down Ogden Avenue, which goes right by our clinic, exposes nearly a 20-year life expectancy gap. And certainly there's, you know, um, that quote really indicates, right, that, uh, yeah, there are communities um, and there are definitely communities within Chicago. And that's where we're, we're located, right in Lawndale, where um, there's restrictions in economic opportunity, you know, and, and folks building financial stability. Um, there's restrictions just in, in life and being able to thrive in, in, in the community with you know, there's few businesses and um, obviously education system as a pediatrician, you know, that one um, is um, is something I think a lot about, you know, that, uh, mm. that kids don't have the educational opportunities. Um, they don't have um, the opportunities to have as many safe places within the neighborhood to get out and, and, and exercise and be physically fit. And uh, of course, you know, less access to, you um, to, to healthy food and, you know, people talk about food deserts um, and, but having affordable access to, to healthy food um, is, is super important, uh, right, to, to, to be healthy. Um, you know, the other things we, we think about, um, you know, just, I mean, just poverty in, in general is, is a powerful independent social uh, determinant of, of health. And uh, that in and of itself, you know, reduces um, the life expectancy gap. I think the, uh, there's a difference in 10 to 15 years between uh, the richest Americans in the U.S. and, and, wow. and the poorest. Um, and, uh, and certainly we've seen more recently how COVID continued to, to expand on that. But one of the, the biggest um, um, social determinants of health in, in our community um, would be just community, community violence. Certainly that's an enduring public health mm -hmm. challenge across our country, but especially in, in high poverty urban, urban communities. And these, uh, yeah, right, violent deaths, you know, can have a rippling effect upon, you know, families, friends in the surrounding uh, community. And certainly we've seen that here at, at Lawndale. And the thing is that, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? You know, it, I think the stats are that there's 120 other additional violent crimes for each, um, you know, violent death. And so mm -hmm. these are going on in the community all the time. Um, they really impact, um, 
somebody's ability to to care for a chronic disease, for example, and it just mm -hmm. you know, creates chronic stress. There was actually a, um, a a researcher who's a good friend of ours, um, Dr. Liz Tong from University of Chicago, who uh, has done some research in our community about um, patients' ability to be able to care for um, their medical needs and their chronic diseases such as diabetes and, and, and asthma and hypertension in the midst of uh, what's going on in, in the community. And certainly um, violence and, and, and um, yeah, some of these other determinants of health, you know, lead to, um, yeah, constrained choice um, of being able to, you know, not access, as we talked about, healthy food and resources and places to exercise. Um, they create um, certainly even, you know, these things, you know, amplify, I think, for for, for seniors um, who are trying to care for chronic disease in, 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 in some of our neighborhoods, um, social breakdown, isolation, always being stressed and having to be, you know, when you're walking out in your community, just being hypervigilant on watching if there's any you know dangerous situation that that might be present um, and certainly seniors sometimes feel like they're they're being targeted so all of these kind of influence somebody's ability to care for um, you know a, a chronic disease or, or mm -hmm. medical needs being able to, to get to 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 your doctor, to your PCP, and um, so at Lawndale we think about these things and, and how we can how we can address uh, mm. these I remember being amazed, you know, as a non-clinician on my end, one without any medical training at all, other than my high school biology course, <laughs> which most doctors would say that's not medicine at all. So uh, I, uh, you know, I was amazed when I started hearing about some of like the metaphysical impact of things like stress and how that actually has an impact on one's health and one's heart rate, one's, you know, overall care. It's not something that you typically would think uh, would have manifestations on the physical, right? We, we think of these, like these other circumstances that people live through, whether it's divorce or, you know, other trauma or uh, violence that you had just mentioned. And, uh, when those get piled on, I think, as you had mentioned, you know, in the community that that you serve in and work in uh, and live in, these are these are not uh, things that that are just kind of tacked on that have no physical manifestation. They have tremendous physical manifestation. And uh, right. it's, you know, it's important for, I think, those of us that are non-clinicians to recognize that, you uh, you know, all of life is interconnected. One of the things on that, you know, you and uh, Lawndale has had a reputation for many, many years of asking its people to live in the community in which they serve. And uh, when you think of kind of where you wanted to raise a family, you know, certainly maybe prior to having this transformational experience in medical school, maybe you weren't necessarily thinking about that. Most people would would say, oh gosh, Lawndale, place of violence. You know, I don't really want to live there. It's not where I see myself moving. Yet again, you and so many others at the clinic have said, no, we want to, we want to be in the community. We want to be living where we serve. Talk about the impact of uh, being present, not just in a working world, but also in a you know, home life in the community that you work in and, and maybe the importance of, of that from your point of view. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. You know, I think um, one of the words that, uh, that we think about commonly and talk about is, is being 
proximate. And, and certainly that's driven by our faith at, at the Lawndale Christian Health Center, um, because uh, Jesus Christ was the per perfect example of um, God becoming uh, proximate and, and coming to, to dwell among us. And um, so, you know, as Christians, if we want to follow his example, then then that's something that's that's important. And uh, so it's getting to know um, the people that you serve. And, 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 and yeah, Lawndale historically has uh, encouraged um, staff and providers to, to live in the neighborhood. My wife and I lived in the neighborhood for a couple of years. Um, and uh, since then, we've lived in a, in a nearby community. Um, but many of our uh, providers uh, live um, not too far from the clinic, um, obviously in the city. And so they're able to, um, yeah, really understand and identify with, uh, yeah, what the patients um, are experiencing in many different ways. But also, um, I think it's, you know, almost more of, you know, having a, a compassionate uh, spirit and a listening ear and, and a humility to to understand. And so in the, in the exam room, um, that's one of the things I think that is, is, is a key component of, of quality. You know, there's lots of lots of components of quality, you know, competence is certainly one, having uh, high character and integrity in the exam room, but also um, compassion and, uh, and, and care and really, you know, caring for the patients. And so listening to, to the sort of stories and, and the struggles and, uh, um, you know, kind of an attitude and a willingness to do that, um, you know, and, and kind of in some ways understand and enter into the, to the, to the, um, struggles that, that patients are going through. Our, our providers do that every, every day. I mean, I hear hear stories, um, and uh, and many of them are very difficult, you know. And it's uh, it's a challenge, um, you know. And and this has been a, you know even uh, risen to a higher level, I think, uh, after the COVID pandemic. Just uh, as mm. patients, you know, reengage with care, and uh, we have we have many patients who, as as you'd expect, in, in the city of Chicago and, and serving an African American and uh, Latino population, that a lot of patients have um, diabetes, uh, hypertension and uh, other chronic diseases. And so um, as they're, um, as they have been coming back into care with their primary care doctor, um, you know, re-engaging with, with care around that, doing all the preventative care, but then, you know, there's all the other things that have, have gone on and, and maybe the struggles through the, the pandemic, increased, mm. you know, stress and anxiety, depression, loss of family members, um, community violence, as, as we've talked about, um, all kind of impact. And so um, our providers are, uh, are in, in some ways, you know, love what they're doing and it's, and it's very, very missional what they're doing, but um, it's, it's, it's a struggle. The weight, the weight is there and, um, you know, it's there's hardly any patients that uh, are just simple, um, right? Um, and there's just so many different things going on um, mm -hmm. that uh, that we care about, and so visits end up being maybe longer than the standard, you know, kind of expected 15 minutes, and the charting can can go, you know, later too. Uh, it's all part of, yeah, kind of what we feel we're we're called to do to serve. Yeah. Well, you had said a word early on, you said proximate. And I think that it's so important for us to remember that if there's one takeaway for myself from this conversation, it's what's the importance of proximity. Uh, when you're proximate, as you were as a fourth year, you know, you got proximate and showed up 
you know, for your rotation and it was life-changing for you and, and obviously shaped your career and uh, where you are now. One of the things that I've been inspired as to what Lawndale is doing in the community is how you've addressed social determinants of health uh, through innovation. And I'd love if you might tell you know, us and share with us, what are some of these ideas that you guys have um, come up with as you've, as you've recognized certain problems in the community that you see yourselves as, as being empowered to participate in solving? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Um, I think, you know, obviously, you know, our mission is to provide quality, affordable health care. And um, just addressing the the access issue is is, is a huge step towards uh, reducing health disparities. And so um, we obviously try to provide access to, to good quality care. And I think, you know, with a, a relational component is, 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 is important as well too, with a primary care provider. And so we build our care teams around that primary care provider and, and the other providers that uh, are, are, are caring for, for patients. And so obviously we're doing preventative care, chronic disease care, um, but, when I started as a, as a physician, it was, you know, care was really just the provider seeing the patient um, at that particular time, um, taking care of the immediate problem. Um, and it was just me and my medical assistant. Now there's a whole care team of people that we have around trying to provide wraparound services um, for, for each patient as they need it. Some patients don't need it, that's fine. Other patients, um, you know, we need a whole team of people, the nurse, the uh, interpreter, the care coordinator or referral coordinator, a care manager to kind of, you know, bring more resources around patients who have complex needs. Um, and uh, certainly we have lab techs and, uh, and other folks. Uh, behavioral health is, is another one that's uh, been a, a critical, and it's not just icing on the cake, but it's behavioral health has become part of the cake, you know, that, that we, we try mm -hmm. and because so many people have um, needs on and off, um, not always um, at every visit, but uh, with, you know, anxiety or depression or, or, or struggling with PTSD. Um, some studies have shown, you know, uh, you know, 40 plus percent in, uh, of PTSD in, in, in high risk communities. Um, and uh, so we, you know, behavioral health is important to have on our, on our care team. Um, but as I mentioned before, we have a, a lot of patients in, in our population who have um, asthma and diabetes and, and hypertension and uh, obesity is another uh, problem, um, you know, across the entire United States, right? And so when we started to uh, think about how we would address um, these problems from a, a community-based perspective, um, a couple of things that we've been able to do and fortunate to do is to, to have a fitness center. And so our, our fitness center um, started small with just some aerobics classes that were, were filling up um, with one of them with 100 women in that. And so we, we realized that this is a felt need and, and a lack of access in our community. And so we um, expanded our, our fitness center and do a 5K every year. But one of the, the 
cool things that we are able to do with our providers and integrate the healthcare is that our uh, medical providers are able to write a prescription for, for the fitness center. So a patient can get uh, six months of uh, free membership to our fitness center. Wow. If they have um, you know certain parameters, like their diabetes is a little out of control or their weight's high or um, they have high blood pressure. So um, mm. patients can access that. And then the other um, uh, really innovative uh, partnership that we've been able to uh, to, to make is with the Chicago Botanical Gardens. And we have a place called the farm on Ogden where uh, hmm. they, they grow uh, tilapia and fresh uh, lettuce um, in an aquaponics setting. So um, our, our, there's a fresh market there where uh, patients can uh, buy fresh vegetables, but we also, our providers can, uh, through a program called VeggieRx, write a prescription for um, a box of vegetables um, uh, throughout the uh, the growing season, uh, for patients wow. to be able to pick up, and there's people uh, to uh, there to be able to teach them how to to cook and, and enjoy um, healthy foods. And so, those are you know kind of more population uh, level availability uh, resources that we've been able to to develop. But uh, yeah, there's lots of things that are exciting. You know, coming up. Um, you know, we have started a, a senior day program to be able to, to, to care for seniors during the day. Um, our senior services are, are going to grow. Um, and uh, we, we also provide um, substance abuse services uh, for, for patients who need that in our, in our community. And so that's been a little bit more of a recent um, in the last few years, we've been digging uh, deeper and going deeper into that. Um, so going deeper into complex needs with, with patients. So going uh, deeper into uh, patients who are really, really struggling um, with substance abuse and serious mental illness, um, but also going broader um, through um, trying to get at those community um, level factors by through the farm on Ogden and through, their, through our fitness center. That's remarkable. And most people wouldn't, you know, think, oh, that's something that, you know, my physician provides is a gym membership or, you know, a box of veggies, although it is, right? It is what we should be providing uh, in terms of making a difference in, in patients' lives. It's inspiring, you know, to hear of that and, and the work that you guys are, are continuing to do. And you truly do uh, encourage us all to think a little bit more innovatively as to what type of care we're providing uh, to the patients that we serve. I'd love to hear any advice if you were, you know, talking to yourself, that fourth year medical student or third year medical student, or maybe someone that's kind of on the fringe of, ah, do I get involved in this world or not? What do you, what do you wish you could have told yourself at that point? Uh, what advice would you give to someone that is up and coming, looking to get involved, maybe not sure exactly how uh, in, in the world in which you live, you know, daily? What would you want to tell yourself as a fourth year medical student? Um, yeah, that's, that's a, a good, uh, good question. I think that, uh, you know, thinking of, you know, quality uh, of care and uh, as the quality medical directors often do is, you know, back to that whole thing of, of, of competence, um, you know, really it's, you know, you know, working hard. You know, I think I think when when people you know hit into medical school, they they realize that uh, wow, I'm not learning just for me anymore, but I'm learning for my patients and the people that I will will take care of, and uh, and so really working hard, right, to to 
be to be competent and because it's going to pay off eventually so obviously you know working hard is one of those things but also um, develop your heart of compassion you know listen to people's stories uh, seek them out and I think as students right you have a little bit extra time to be able to do that um, and uh, you know I can't say that I was as intentional as I you know, should have been, but uh, I, I, I did put myself in, in those um, experiences to hear the stories um, um, at Lawndale in, in, in a rotation like that. So I, I did it right, um, but maybe it wasn't quite as intentional as I had imagined. So I would say, yeah, to be intentional um, about trying to get those experiences to listen to patients, to understand, um, you know what uh yeah some of the struggles are what people are going through um and uh and and gather others around you who um have that heart of mission i think one of the things that was supremely encouraging to me was the others who were around me that were seeing the same things and wanted to to do something about it and and for for most of those um, especially at Christian Community Health Fellowship, it was motivated by their by their faith, and um, so growing in in one's faith and um, yeah, kind of compassion and care um, I, would be my recommendation. Wow. Well, exposure. You'd mentioned earlier on again this idea of proximity, and what does proximity inspire? Inspires action, and uh, knowing what you know, you know, seeing what you saw, smelling what you smelt, what what does it do? You know, how does it change your heart? And obviously it's had a tremendous right. impact on you and, and shaping the world in which you both oversee, but also um, continue to get to serve, you know, within, uh, you know, at Lawndale. Dr. Roll, it's been awesome having you here today. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we're inspired by your work at Lawndale Christian Health Center. We're inspired by your leadership uh, over the teams there. Uh, we continue to be, uh, you know, excited about the things that you all have uh, coming down the pipe in the future. And it's a privilege yeah. to have this opportunity yeah. from you today. So thanks for being on. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You know, I think that uh, I would just close by saying, uh, you know, I think that uh, it, I mean, it really has been exciting being at Lawndale Christian Health Center over, over all these years to see things develop and see um, our healthcare um, and the services we're able to provide the community expand. And uh, I think that um, sometimes um, we get complimented on, you know, good job and job well done. But I, I would definitely, you know, thank God for his provision. It's really him bringing, you know, all the resources and uh, the people to to be able to um, do the things that we're, we're doing. And uh um, addressing, as I mentioned before, um, healthcare from not only a, a deeper perspective, but a, but a broader perspective. Um, so thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. We couldn't agree more in regards to that. And we'll continue relying on this guidance as we move forward. So in this provision. So Dr. Roll, thanks again for being here with us. Uh, looking forward to having you on again, hopefully in the future. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you, Andrew.